where we have two and a half co-hosts. Oh, there's the third back. <laughs> I'm Megan. <laughs> As always, I am joined by my amazing co-hosts, Stephanie and Ollie. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. And I like to think of myself as more of a, a permanent guest host. Um, oh, okay. okay. Somebody who doesn't have to do the intro or outro. Uh, <laughs> but That's because you take on the editing. <laughs> Yeah. But is but is here in spirit. You're always here. Yeah, and in more than spirit. Like you have opinions. We hear them. We heard them last time. I we agreed did. with you guys the, the last time. It was the time yeah. before. The time before. <laughs> time before. My bad. Yes. Uh, you know what's funny? I'm looking at a review from a website that I like for book reviews or like a reviewer I like who loved this book and I'm a little sad at this point. Anyways. Oh, don't be sad. Just think about how much money they made. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, we are at the end of April or as Taylor Swift would say, do you remember where you were April 29th? And the answer is yes. You're recording. <laughs> is there- is that something that April April is that something that, that Taylor says. Swift says? Yeah, it's in one of her songs. Oh. Do you really want to know where I was April 29th? Oh shit. And it's all over TikTok right now given that she's on her Eros tour and it's the 29th and that's also my brother and sister's birthday so it always makes me laugh. Happy birthday nice. to yeah. the mini Megans. The mini, the mini Megans. I like it. <laughs> How has your April's been? Uh, pretty good. Busy. Busy with work. Very, that, that's pretty much what that's been. Although, although I did get to go see Six a couple of weeks ago and it was amazing. I've been listening yes. to the soundtrack nonstop. No, that was last oh, weekend. It's such Not a, a good. Last week. Oh, so good. So good. So who's your favorite queen? <sighs> it's so hard. I like all of their songs so much for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> no, agreed. Agreed. Oh, I honestly, I think I'd have to think on it. It was, oh, it was so good. They so, I know Megan. It, it's basically like an hour and a half, no intermission. So, um, we were like, okay, let's. You know, grandparents came to watch the baby. We went to lunch beforehand, <laughs> and we went to the bar beforehand because they have like. Adult sippy cups, I like to call them. They're just cups with lids. You don't spill <laughs> yes. them all over the theater. Um, and I, the menu said you could get six or twelve ounces. And in my, I think it was twelve. Is that what I t- put a message you guys? Twelve. Yeah, you got a okay. big <laughs> glass of wine. It, and like in my head, I was like, you know, when you go to the restaurant, it's always two numbers, like the smaller or the larger. And I was thinking, it's it, that's that's got to be typical of what you see in a restaurant. So I'll go with the bigger one. And then I got my big ass giant glass essentially <laughs> and i was like this is not what you get at the restaurant i was like oh wait it's eight ounces at the restaurant so oh no yeah yeah 12 ounces it was a lot and then as we were get- going through the queens I- we were on like the six i was like oh we're-, we're running out of time i gotta hurry up and finish <laughs> finish this oh, no. um when we got to uh we were getting close to Catherine Parr, i was like oh um so yeah a little tipsy Went to the merch table after, and I bought 
a backpack purse, a shirt, nice. and a little keychain. And I didn't ask her how much it cost, so I just saw it today because I didn't check my account. I spent one hundred and thirty dollars. <laughs> God, thanks to twelve ounces of wine <laughs> and being hopped up on six. <laughs> oh, I it. love six. So worth it if you haven't seen it. Go see it, Megan. Um, yes. Who's your favorite of the queens? Uh, Catherine Parr. Like her oh, song yes. makes me cry in a specific way every time. Hmm. It's, it's so also a re- that's a beautiful song. I uh, it is. I have a super soft spot for "Don't Lose Your Head" just because they. Yes. oh yeah it's yes. so catchy yes. sorry not sorry like, it's just so it's so God. good it's like crack <laughs> like it is in your it ear is. and you just can't it get is. rid of it <laughs> i don't remember who the actress i saw playing Catherine of aragon but i know mm-hmm. she was the understudy and i was in love yeah like, she was gorgeous and she performed so well they were all like, so great i think we actually had the understudy for Anne Boleyn, maybe Either way, whoever played okay. Anne Boleyn was giving me like Margot Robbie back. Bi- bi- I was far Ooh. away, but I was like, I feel like she looks like her from way up here. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was just so fun. I did cry during um, Jane's song, Heart of Stone. Mostly yes. when she got to the part about her son. I was like, well, motherhood has done oh, this God, to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But also the House of Holbein. I... Oh my God. That's my favorite, like. Mm just silliness and then like her just oh yeah no i guess i don't need to yeah. win <laughs> but when she's like it's so tragic me living my best life in this castle i own i was just like oh my god <laughs> it's so good such a great woman yeah i ended up seeing moulin rouge oh um, this past that? weekend it was good it's uh it updates the music from the movie um the Opener has Outcast, which my mother loves. Like, I can just hear a few seats down. Is that Outcast? They're singing Outcast. Like... That's awesome. Um, I missed a good bit of the first half just because the woman in front of me had like a two-inch high bun. Who wears a top bun to the theater? And it an intermission. I finally was just like, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to take your hair down. And she's like, Yeah, I was wondering if you could see behind me. And I was like, Nope couldn't oh god thanks but uh it's fun it's a good update for the uh, the movie mm-hmm. that would be fun yeah. to see i think to see the updated the updated music yeah yeah what about you ollie did you go see any musicals um i didn't see a musical i saw an amateur um dramatic play version of the merchant of venice that was oh nice like, it was very good it was it was fun mm-hmm. it's on this year's leaving cert or sorry junior cert so um, a lot of the kids would be studying it, so we took the kids down to uh, to watch it, and it was it was okay. Um, like it, it was good. Just you know, they're not exactly projecting out into the back row with their with their amazing actresses, no. but for where it was and and who was running it and the age of the people who was in it, like it was very good. Um, That's I, awesome. I had a night out in Dublin uh, during the last month. Which was I don't usually drink, and um, uh, oh, I got messy. Like, oh, uh, fell off a stool, got kicked out of a pub. Oh. Um, 
Good times. Living your best 40s. I mean, let's see. <laughs> I was living the life of a, a person in my 40s. Um, made a new friend. That was nice. Uh, oh. Uh, that, Do you remember times. the friend's name? I would be... Do I remember it now? Or <laughs> did I remember it the next morning? Um, because that's two different oh. things. Um, we read two books this month and <laughs> Wait. usually while we do typically read more yeah i was gonna say did you guys read anything else uh before we get into our... oh that's a good question that's a good question did i i don't remember let me look stephanie you were <laughs> i think you i feel like you were on a roll this month it's because you... the train ride to work yeah. <laughs> yes let's see I gotta remember where the month starts. Yeah. Oh, everybody in my family has killed someone. That's where my month started. <laughs> so oh I have my read god, that's gonna be so awkward far. at the birthday party today. <laughs> so, I gotta tell you though, that book was great. It's a cozy mystery um, that takes place in Australia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And everybody in the family has killed someone. Okay. And it's hilarious. Fun. Like all Australians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything in Australia um, wants to kill you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Never going back. And who who um, wrote that, Megan? Uh, Benjamin Stevenson. Um, yeah, I read ten books, including the two that we read for the podcast, and didn't love most of them. Hmm. Um, did read the new Wayward Children book by Shauna McGuire. Um, this one has a lot of gaslighting and um, trigger warnings for child abuse, hmm. but outside of that it was pretty much a almost like a a bummer of a month like most of what i read that i hadn't already read i was like oh this is okay mm-hmm. outside of our last echoes that we all read yeah yeah everything else was it was fine <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys um i read i am still alive also by kate ellis marshall just going through her catalog here this yeah. one I picked because the synopsis gave me Don't Starve vibes. At like yes. So a few weeks ago, Ollie sent Megan and I a link to someone playing Don't Starve for the first time. And then through subsequent attempts, because he absolutely died on night one, like I think most people <laughs> do. Unless you know that you what you need to do to survive the night. Um, but it was about like the cold could kill her. She doesn't have any food and like she has to survive. And I was just like, oh, God. Um, it's about a young girl who she's like 16 her mom has passed away in a car crash, so she's going to go live with her dad in the remote, like, Canadian wilderness somewhere. Oh, yeah, which is actually not where the social worker thought that they were sending her. Like, there's a whole thing of a friend coming to pick her up and then flying her out there, and <clears throat> she doesn't want to stay. But he gets killed. And then the, oh, house, no. the cab- it's not a spoiler. The cabin gets burned down. She has, and it's almost winter, and so she needs to figure out how to survive. And she wants to get revenge and kill the person that killed her dad. So... And I honestly, for a while, I was like, I'm not sure if there's a supernatural element, if there's things in the woods or just like fucking wolves and bears. <laughs> like, yeah. so that was really fun to like be. It, it, both are terrifying. Both could kill her yeah. easily, you know? So it was really, really good. I really loved it. And Don't Star Vibes the entire way through. Oh, sounds oh that's awesome. Yeah. Now, have you started playing the game again? Oh, yeah. Shortly after Ollie sent us that, <laughs> I started. Uh, I had to start from scratch because we. We we had gotten a PS5 like a year in last April actually, and then we never set it up. And then when we moved to September, well, we well actually we didn't even set it up. We had the baby in September when our families moved for us because we were in the hospital. My brother set it up. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I needed to start over Wickerbottom. and to play as Wickerbottom, my favorite. In order to gain all those other characters, you have to die. Like, you have to gain experience oh, and then yeah. die. <laughs> so I played for a long time, long enough, where I was like, okay, I will get all of the characters. And then I was just being reckless. I was Wick- going Wickerbottom underground. Is the scientist dude, is he? She's the, she's the librarian. The librarian, yeah. yeah. She doesn't sleep. Okay. She doesn't need the, like, I think it's the science machine. To, she knows, like, more basic crafting. Yeah. Uh, more than oh, okay. the basic crafting than others that need that science machine to do those things. So, yeah. yeah. The um, the video that I sent you, Floydson, um, who's an Australian guy, probably tried to kill people at various times in his life. But he is, um, he then did another video, which is, so that one was called I Survived 100 Days. And mm-hmm. then, so he's now done 100 to 200 days and I'll, I'll send you the link to that mm. as oh, well cool. um, very cool but I didn't realise that death was that permanent so he got to like 150 days with that lady character that he had that little girl and you know the way she has a ghost sister thing oh yeah and so she's got a ghost sister thing and he found this like little frog chest that kind of follows him around like a dog Chester and Chester yeah and <laughs> So he's having a great Keep time going. with those. And Chester's getting attacked at one stage. And he's left in this situation where he can only save one of them. And he ended oh, up so dying. Hard. Because he he just, like, he, he saved Chester and then went back Aww. to try and save his sister. And Aww. ended up losing characters. So, like, 150 days with that what? character. And then he was oh, back, no. back to the beginning again, like... Oh, I feel that so hard, but I also feel like would do the same because Chester is very useful. He's a chest that follows that you around. He's adorable. He's cute. He's got nine slots, and then if you Ooh. put nightmare fuel in each slot on a full moon, you get three extra ones. So oh, I did yeah. that with yeah, I did that with Wilson because I was like, I need more space. I got more stuff that I need to hold. And then I can't remember. I think the deer clops killed him, and I was like, fuck, because he comes back. He'll respawn. Yeah, but like he okay. comes back as like base. Well, nine that's, slots chester that's one of the best bits in in the video is he's just out walking something and he's like what's that over there <gasps> oh my god and he gets up like he's like it's because yeah like this you have to find train. the eye bone it's so good oh chester's <sighs> the best it took me a while to find him in my first game and i was getting upset because <laughs> i was like i need chester yeah. and then bees <laughs> attacked him one time i was like get out of here bees i murdered a ton <laughs> of bees for that <laughs> oh my god yeah typically they leave him alone but like they were chasing me because I took I caught a bee to like make a beehive like the hornets or whatever they're called the wasps the yeah. bigger ones come out um but yeah I think I'm probably I don't know what day I'm at with Wickerbottom but I got over 100 with Wilson so I could get all the characters now I'm Wickerbottom and now my goal to do a thousand days we're on it <laughs> thousand days gonna happen I think I've made it two <laughs> <laughs> like I need to sit down and play more but I think I've made it the last time I played I I, I don't think I made it through the first night. Most people don't. And then you learn because the game tells you nothing to start. No, yeah. It's just find some food. Okay. Well, yeah. If for anyone <laughs> listening, if you ever want to get into watching somebody playing video games, I highly recommend Floydson. He's just a really chill dude. And he's not uh, he's not like a pro gamer. So he's not like pro strats or anything. He's just a, in all of these uh, games, okay. he is literally picking it up for the first time and mm-hmm. seeing what it's like. And it's like watching somebody that's probably maybe slightly better than your skill level, but by no means is he brilliant. Like as Stephanie said, he dies on the first night. He he did raft, Amazing. he did subnautica in the same way. Like I can try and last a hundred days, 
and he dies. It's not like, <laughs> look at how amazingly perfect I am. He's like, oh, yeah. oh this big thing. Oh, I'm eating. Well, wait, did he not? <laughs> so wait, did he not Amazing. find the touch? There's like those touchstone things that will resurrect you when you die, he, or did he use those? He used those. Um, okay. And then he made a mistake, so he attacked the mirror man. Oh, no, you don't fuck they, with those yeah, things. They have like, they, so the pig's throat, is it the merman or the, the pigs who blow darts at you? One of them oh, it's the darts. walrus. Yeah, so the walruses, yes. So he lost a life mm-hmm. to the walruses. And then he lost mm-hmm. the second one where he was trying to knock down the house of the merman because he thought they were out. <laughs> no. There were five merman in there. They will come out was, for you. Yeah. So that was the him down. That was his uh, two resurrection stones used. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, no. That walrus, though, if you kill the walrus and it drops a walrus, a walrus tusk, you can build a walking stick that makes you walk so much faster. That's it drives me crazy how slowly you walk. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, like once I'm like set up, actually, that's that's probably what I'm gonna do this coming winter with Wickerbottom. It's like I've got a good base. I'm gonna go fuck up that walrus. I usually bring some pigs with me though because the walrus also has two hounds with him. Hmm. So. Yeah, <laughs> I need to get back into this. I know I will enjoy it, but I love my Stardew and Sun whatever I've been playing. What is it? What have I been playing? It's on my desktop. Oh, Hang you on. you mentioned it to me before. Sunhaven. That's it. Yeah, right. Sunhaven, which is Stardew Valley, but with dragons. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, nice. So and and it's not as easy to die. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the only book I read this month that wasn't the two that we're going to talk about is... No, no sorry. I read Dune again, um, and as ever, was mildly disappointed <laughs> in Dune. Uh, it's great, but it's, it's one of those foundational texts where you're like, oh, whatever. Uh, I reread a David Gemmon novel called Quest for Lost Heroes, and I said on the last one nice. coming back to them as a person in your 40s just hits different. And this one is about a bunch of guys who so just picture there was a massive invasion and it came down to one castle still standing and these are the guys who held the castle and stopped the invasion and then it's 20 years after the invasion and it's about how they tried to live with the fame of oh, wow. being the guys who saved the realm and it like it doesn't sit well on any of them mm-hmm. Like uh, and then another thing that is incredibly well i was gonna say shocking i probably i was aware of it when i read it when i was 11 but uh turns out that this is one of the the first books I ever read with i i a full-on homosexual romance between oh, nice. two male characters that at the time was like isn't it nice that those two men live <laughs> up in the uh up in their own cabin in the woods away from everyone else and, they get along so well. <laughs> and it's really sad when, when, when Finn dies. Did you really just roommates them? I, that's what he, I was 11, Megan. <laughs> fair, valid, fair. 11, oh growing God. up in Catholic repressed Ireland. Come on. Okay, also fair. I do <laughs> also, forget yeah. that, yes. So, uh, and then even, does, uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but like one of the men uh, dies and the other guy just goes on like, a vengeance raid that is so quite clearly my husband has died and I am going to fuck shit up and how at the time I was like man those guys were such good friends like, no. he just 
He's just going out for revenge. I just hope I find a friend that will take revenge for me. Really? Why is he crying as he's going down to pick up his body? Like, what? I'd be sad too. (laughs) Texting TJ. Well, sorry, there was no texting back then. TJ the next day. TJ, you're a man to walk the mountains with. Means something different now. We were saying that to each other for years. (laughs) That's, That's the phrase they used to reference being alone. And it was again as an older man now I'm like it's fucking beautiful why did I not spot that I'm glad yeah quest I had the heroes. same thing happen when we were hit the gay andalites and animorphs and it was like wait I don't remember this and like as an adult yeah. now it's like no these these two are very clearly in love and happy and mm. you know yeah. all that stuff they somehow make it work shoehorn it in for us little kids <laughs> David Gamble made me cry so well done, David. <laughs> oh, what I will say though is, it is the book, and now I remembered what annoyed me about it and why I put it on my list of books that I didn't like as much. Is uh, I'm not even certain if you can, if there's such a description for this. Um, so I had the reading equivalent of blue balls based on this book because it ends on a little teaser where he mentions the War of the Twins. And then David Gemmell passed away before he wrote anything about the War of the Twins. Oh no! And so you should write about the War of the Twins. I would. This, I would. My would. dream would be to be as good a writer as David Gemmell was, be a tenth of as good a writer as he was, and to someday have somebody say, "Would you like to write uh, a continuation of the Draenei Saga?" And I would be like, "Yes, I would." Yes. <laughs> Ollie, I'm going to tell you about this wonderful website called Archive of Our Own. Mm. Oh, I don't write slash fiction, Megan. No one said it had to be slash. Oh, it will be. <laughs> Can be if you want to. <laughs> that is your choice. <laughs> oh. Our first book that we read for this month, the one that was kind of our main book for this episode, it's not going to be the one we talk about the most, um, was The Paul Bears Club by Paul Trimbley, which for me was my fourth or fifth one of his. It was the first for both of you. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I personally, I like Paul Tremblay. I, I feel like he's like a postmodern horror kind of like. I have to be in the right headspace, and that a lot of what I read, I, I get through, and I'm like, what was fucking true? And that's why I kind of love his books. Mm-hmm. Um, the cabin at the end of the woods. At the end of the world, cabin at the end of the world, which yeah. was turned into the movie Knock, Knock at, at the, the cabin. cabin Door. It is nothing like the movie. The movie makes it very clear an apocalypse is happening, mm. and the book doesn't, in my opinion. Um, weird shit's going on, but like, if you saw that movie, I don't actually know if I recommend the book because it's a really hard book to get through, mm-hmm. and. That's what I was kind of wanting from this. I didn't realize it was supposed to be a vampire story. But I expected us to be having a conversation right now of like, what actually happened? What was real? Was it supernatural or not? And instead I'm just angry. (laughs) Fucking angry. (laughs) Yeah, I 
as I was reading the book, I kept thinking back to when we were discussing which book we were going to do next. And I remember I even pulled it back up on like the Amazon summary and yeah. like the quotes of like, I have some of them up right now. Uh, deliciously confusing thriller, a mind bending horror novel. So I was like, and then also in the synopsis, it mentions the Paul Bearer Club, something, something about digging up bodies. I swear to God, it said that somewhere in here. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Uh, her, this is about his friend Mercy, her obsessive knowledge of a notorious bit of New England folklore that involved digging up the dead. So I, when I, my brain latched onto that and I thought the Paul Bearers Club, they were going to be doing this thing and then they were going to dig up the bodies for some reason and it was going to be scary. And as the book kept going on, I'm like, why am I not scared? And I'm getting Agreed. bored. <laughs> yes. I also read the reviews beforehand and uh, I have one <laughs> written up here from somebody I've, I've read a ton of the reviews from before. They're a really good writer, um, readervoracious.com. Uh, and um, it like it starts with like pull quotes and, and their feelings that they're reading. It's like, the first staccato thrill of anticipation tapped its way down my spine. I'm like, ooh, spine tingly. And I want to get some, <laughs> I wanted to get some of this in my life because it was me who asked for a horror book last episode. Yeah. And because I'm not a horror guy usually. And what I got was a meandering mess of a novel where we have an unreliable narrator, somebody correcting the unreliable narrator, and then at the end, perhaps the person doing the corrections was also unreliable. And then you're left with this feeling of not a single character in this book do I care about. Whereas the first time we read a Kate Alice Marshall book and I had a negative reaction to it. So it wasn't the first time, for, I think, for Megan. Maybe it was your first time as well, Stephanie. Yeah. And Megan had said to us, actually, this is not her best effort. Go read another one. And I did. Uh, if you said to me now, go read another Paul Tremblay book, I would say no. Because I just don't... <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- this book I, yeah. drained me to a point where I just was like, I don't know if I... Maybe horror is not for me. Take that burgeoning liking of the genre and... <laughs> murder it with a I was gonna say murder it but that would be too exciting for this book so it's just and I get it and I get that maybe some people find it it's existential horror or it's uh but it's not it's not existential horror it's it's like a slow burn yeah slow burns still burn the wax still melts nothing happens in this that's even vaguely threatening and in comparison to our last echoes which is the second book that we're going to talk about I didn't care about any of these characters, so therefore when stuff happened to them, I didn't give a crap. Whereas I was genuinely worried reading our last echoes. I was like, oh my god, what's going to happen here? These goddamn echoes are terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I also will say I agree with Ollie, where... Because, Megan, when you said that you've read a few other ones, I was like, maybe she could suggest another one to me of histories. And I was like, no, I actually don't want to read anything else of his. I don't know. I'm just like... I still got like, so burnt I out on this. Getting, I think I got an audiobook of his short stories. I have it in physical copy, but considering that I don't know where 90% of my books are. Um, I mean, I know where they are. They're in boxes. Yeah. I don't know which box it's in. I was like, I can do it this way. But I was sitting there being similar to, you know, you saying you didn't like Kate Alice Marshall and being like, is there another book that I recommend? And the answer is kind of no. Like, for me, I did enjoy this book. I, 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 We hit the halfway point and I was like, okay, well, this just kind of crashed and burned a little bit. But as we got to the end, I was like, 
it's not the best, but I enjoyed this. It's not horror. It's that thing that Stephen King tries to do that I don't appreciate either. <laughs> and then we got to that last chapter and I was just like, no, you kind of ruined it for me. And I think all of his books have that slow burn and the question of what's real and what's not. And the fact that he fucking answered it, that still makes me mad. Like, I would have been okay if he, if Art Barber had died. Spoiler alert. Thinking he had, I mean, I, I in all honesty, sorry guys. Yeah. yeah like, Can we get into spoilers? Because I'd like to complain about some specific yeah. things. Okay. Please. <laughs> yes. Let's just, yeah. You know, we end the book with him thinking he attacked someone and then dying in a garage and like, mercy talking you know responding and being like explaining the next day how his body was found and blah 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 and had it ended with that with just this again this guy who mentally maybe had some issues or maybe she was a vampire like who knows i would have been like eh, it's a solid three it kept me entertained while i was moving having her fucking confirm she is a vampire and that she'd been gaslighting him his entire life infuriated me I, Do like, you... that's all so okay that last chapter with mercy essentially confirming she's a vampire and she did all these things so that he wouldn't come back i read that as it could go either way of if she truly is a vampire or she's finishing his work for him because throughout the book her little her writing in different font shows that she's like no, you're lying about this. This isn't actually a memoir. It's a novel because you're making things up. So she was finishing the novel for him. And I don't, I found at the end, I was like, I don't really care which one it is. I feel right now the way I think that Ollie and George felt when they watched Cabin in the Woods. They're like, you think you're so fucking clever. <laughs> I hated it. I was like, no, I don't yeah, care which no. one it is. This is not clever. It's not cute. I, not a fan. My... We have been well blonde just standing in the room being like, it's dumb. <laughs> my, my issue with the ending, um, we, we can talk a little bit about the plot later on in a minute, I suppose. But the ending is, so it's him writing a memoir and uh, his friend, um, Mercy, keeps saying, well, like, you're actually just writing a novel here because this is not how it actually happened, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not memoirs, my memoirs. And she's like, ah, it's a novel. This is bad, yep. right? And she critiques what he's writing. And at the end of every chapter, she discusses what will actually happen in a, in, a, in a synopsis kind of way. But then at the end, after he's died, she's like, well, actually, it turns out I was a vampire. And I think the charitable interpretation of that is that she's not a vampire. I think that's the charitable version. But I also think that he wrote it intentionally to exist in a situation where you could pick either. Pick the mm-hmm. ending you want. Choose your own adventure, right? Now, uh, yeah. Brandon Sanderson finished The Wheel of Time and there's a character in The Wheel of Time who dies. This character dies, right? So I'm saying this character dies. He wrote it and he says the character is not dead. That character is dead. I have talked to thousands of Wheel of Time fans over the last 10 years and that character is a dead character that were killed. They were killed on screen. They had their neck snapped and he, 10 years later, goes, you've all been reading that wrong. And I say, if every single Wheel of Time fan and there are literally millions and you have never come across anybody who read it and thinks that the character survived, then you wrote that badly. And Paul Tremblay wrote that last chapter badly because 
they wrote that last chapter and she's a vampire and the vast majority of people that I've seen or talked to and I've, I have a few friends who read this book I agree with you Megan they're like oh it's really annoying that she just said she was a vampire at the end like it just <laughs> feels like it feels yeah. like why would you do that and I don't think that was his intention I think he wanted to leave it up open to that but no it's, it's just poorly written final chapter and the rest yeah. of it wasn't good enough to make me get over how poorly written that final ending was. Like, so the other three I've read of his, let me pull up the list, is, so I've read A Head Full of Ghosts, which is about a girl whose sister is either possessed by demons or she's having a mental breakdown. And by the end of the book, you don't know. Okay. And then I read Disappearance at Devil Rock, which is about a kid who goes missing. And the question is, is it supernatural evil or just regular, you know, manly, man evil? Uh, Not, I don't remember who... I, that one, it's been a while since I've read. And then The Cabin at the End of the World is about, similar to the movie, like, you have to kill one of your family members to stop the apocalypse. At the end of the book, you still don't know mm-hmm. if the apocalypse is happening, mm-hmm. if they've made the right choice, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you just don't know. They kind of walk off into the woods and they, like, it ends. Mm. And everything else that happened was so horrific that I like it was a jarring read and this was kind of the opposite of that where it was like every other book that I finished of his I'm like no it's not clear it's annoying it's not clear yeah and now I've just realized that if you do confirm it I actually hate it thank you (laughs) (laughs) I mean did you at least know Mercy Brown's story? Like, that Mercy Brown was a real person. Yeah. Uh, the the vampire um, lore that's been around. For... I don't think I did. But now, do either of you listen to the lore podcast? No. I, I wonder like, if no you ever exists, did Mercy but... Brown. I listened, years ago, I listened to it, and I don't remember all the stuff that he covered. But for some reason, I'm like, did he cover this? And I did in my brain. Like, it was somewhere in here. And I just forgot. So I'm going to say no. Because I can't <laughs> I fully say, remember. <laughs> um, it looks like her grave is in Exeter, Exeter, Rhode Exeter. Island. Yeah. Yeah. Th- so parts of this taking place in Rhode Island, specifically in Providence, are why it got two stars from me instead of one. <laughs> Uh, because I live here now and it was fun like hearing like oh we were in the financial district I'm like I know where that is he talks about Kennedy Plaza I'm like that's right there like I know these areas so that was that was fun um some of the restaurants that he mentioned are still up and around like certain ones over on the east side um, off Wickenden yeah um haven't I don't think I've eaten at any of them but I'm like ooh, I try to go go try that pizza place like the pizza that him and Mercy get Benefit Street and I can't remember the corner that she lived on Benefit Street and something is a real corner. like I know where that is I've driven there like on that street like past yeah. there so that was fun but I know that that's like that's unique for me because you guys don't live here <laughs> <laughs> like that I think is the most fun that I had with this um I liked when we started getting into the Mercy Brown lore towards the beginning so I thought okay maybe we're going to finally get into this. Because I went into this thinking this is going to be scary. I, because I had I just had Kate Alice Marshall on the brain, her books just start in it. 
you are in yeah. it you are scared i kind of yeah. compare it to like the scream movies where yeah someone dies like you know the four like this someone yeah. dies gonna die opening scene where there's no slow build we're just in it the killers have been working on things behind the scenes leading up to this and now they're like on their mission right and i was expecting that that didn't happen would we finally learn about mercy brown and the vampire lore i thought okay we're gonna get into it we're gonna dig some bodies up or something gross and weird and scary at night in the graveyard and then it never happened and then i was never scared like i don't think it needed to become i don't think art needed to be aged at halfway point like i Mm -hmm. literally stopped listening and was like i think i went to message you guys and was like i hit the halfway point and it just (laughs) slam stop yeah. you know he's an adult he's been in all of these bands i don't care don't care the, like the, so we should talk about the plot a little bit right so oh, art starts to. out as a, a, yeah we'll, we'll run through, run through <laughs> so art is a high school okay. kid and he wants to go into college and in order to get into college he has to write like acceptance letters or sort of write like letters talking about all of the community stuff he's done and he's like I saw a funeral once and there was nobody there. So we're going to set up this club where we can go and make it look like funerals, have people attending them and, you know, they're, everyone's sad, right? And they're going, great, this is an interesting idea. I'm 10 pages into the book. I'm like, this sounds good. Then Mercy shows up and she joins the club. And I get that he was trying to go for uh, changing the trope of Manic Pixie Dream Girl, but that doesn't, like, if you want to do that, don't introduce her as a manic pixie dream girl and then have her later on go mm, you're actually wrong about this uh what really happened there is you just wanted me to be a manic pixie dream girl and i know you just read 40 pages of me that way but that's not how it actually happened what really happened was that you put all of your insecurities and thought that i was going to make you a cool person and i was going to get you accepted into society and i was sitting there going all right so basically this guy is writing on the sidelines of his own book a little critique of what people have been saying about the Twilight novels for the last 15 years is that <laughs> Edward basically comes in and is a manic pixie dream boy for her, right? And it's that's what it is. And then even the logic of him saying, like, he gets to, I think you're a vampire. And the, the, the important thing I always find with this is, and I get it, it's an unreliable narrator, and I'm getting a little bit tired because... For the last 10 years, fantasy writers have been doing unreliable narrator, or <laughs> narrators, and they're mostly bad at it, right? But this idea that he's unreliable, you still have to understand the logical leaps he's making. And he gets the vampire, and it just makes no sense to me. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, she's a kid yeah. who happens to be interested in macabre stuff. <clears throat> I am a teacher in a secondary school in Ireland in 2023. I could go and pick out 50 fucking vampires from my school <laughs> right now if we're using the same logic that he's using. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think he should have started younger than the leap would have, you know, made more sense. I mean, I knew who Bercy Brown was, so like I knew vampires were coming and all of that. But you're right. It's it's weird. It's also the fact the Paul Bears Club basically disintegrates. Yeah, three right. funerals then. Yeah, so there like is no so, more club. We don't. Go, yeah. That seems to be just for the opening chapters, and then no more pallbearers club. Yeah. I also, when we got to the vampire part, and the way that Mercy has been affecting him and like basically sucking the energy and life out of him slowly, not like actually like biting his neck and sucking his blood. I kept thinking of what we do in the shadows. 
the mm-hmm. show, the energy vampire. And so I was also really not scared because I kept picturing what Carl Robbins <laughs> called <laughs> <laughs> No, I, uh, yeah, like... That and her jacket I, is supposed to be, like... There's, like... I ran a ton of reviews after... Basically when I hit the second half and towards <laughs> the end. Because I was like... What just happened? Like, it does feel like you're reading a different book. It's mm. two people who are fairly toxic, it feels like. That, you know, that's the only person that they can kind of bond with. Um, I don't know. It's just... it. You know, on Media Evil, Sarah has a thing she calls the If Decker Test, which is what she puts on to uh, movies set in the medieval period books. And the criteria for passing the idea is that it needs to be a very low bar, like the Bechdel test, right? And it is yeah. that a female character, a named female character, has to survive at the end. And there are, and I mean any named female character, and there are a lot of movies that don't pass that incredibly oh, low yeah. bar. Yeah. I think we should come up with our own judging book covers one, Ooh. which is if you're halfway through the book and you start reading reviews. <laughs> Chances are it's a badly written book. Um, because that's what I was doing on that Kate Marshall book, the first one. Oh, I don't know because I just tend to read reviews in general. I'm always curious, especially if people. Well, at that point, I was like, I just don't care. I don't care how this ends, and it still pissed me off. I just that last (laughs) chapter. I just there's a good story in here. There is a story the the chapter after he has surgery for his back and he's scared because he feels like someone else is in the house. That was great. And then you find out she's been living in the basement. All that was great and creepy. The chapter where we find out he's been killing his mom and the last chapter where he goes to murder his friend. All of that was great. Not friend, former cool. bully, not Former bully right. slash Paul Bearer Club member. Yeah, friend of me, not know. really a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those chapters I actually really enjoyed. I enjoyed the weird vampirism, but it is so drowned out by loneliness in the 1980s and unable to get past that loneliness and making it your identity. And I, I don't know, I guess because I know enough Gen X people, I just, I. I can't imagine Gina Radcliffe reading this and not throwing it across the room, being like, no. <laughs> Just being like, this is not how you do vampires. This is not how you do 80s, like, grunge and things like that. I just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it just made me mad. Oh. And I follow him on Twitter. I really like Paul Trimley. This book just sucks. <laughs> there are a couple of things I like about it. Uh, number one. And I don't know whether this was intentional, so maybe this is faint praise and going to go. I like the fact that he never made the main character likable at all. And I like that he never made him a success. And I like that he also made him the kind of person who blames everyone else for his own failures. So oh, yeah. you, you mentioned that he was in a bunch of bands. They were all shit. 
he never had any success with them. He was trying to be this classy musician and was just bad at it. Uh, he stopped having any friends when Mercy left him because she was his connection to other people. And when she turned out not to be the manic pixie dream girl that he wanted her to be that would bring him into everyone else's society and suddenly she, he'd have a whole cabal of friends around him, he was unable to keep those friends. I like this. I think we were meant to feel sorry for him. And I was sitting there thinking, I wouldn't be friends with this guy. So everyone else is fine. And I was enjoying that little turn towards, oh my God, this is actually a guy, this is a story. I thought, this is a story about a guy who's going crazy, who's going to end up becoming a murderer. And if they had just, if he'd just gone that route, this is a psychological break mm. in a person's brain. He becomes psychotic. He murders his man. He murders his former, um, uh, his former frenemy. bully stroke frenemy. And then, let's just say he gets caught at the end of the book trying to drink the blood off somebody in the neck because he has convinced himself he's a vampire. Like Vampire's Kiss, the Nicolas Cage movie. Like this guy who has convinced himself that he is. <laughs> I would have been like, this is interesting. But for, for it to finish the way it does with that ending, but also for him to never have any sort of realisation that the only problem in his life has been him the entire time. He said, like, I still think he finishes up thinking it's mercy. Now, the other thing about it as well is, for a book that has themes that most of us are familiar with, like, I, I know somebody that I like to think of as an energy vampire, and every time they come into the room, I feel like they suck the energy out of me. Megan, yes. we, we both know somebody that you know is an energy stroke creative vampire <laughs> for you and has sucked them in. And I'm sure, Stephanie, you're, you're working in the office and I'm sure there are people that you work in and you're back with them in person. You're like, oh, right? And you don't, obviously, we're not going to name names here, but we all know people I like, like that. most still... of my coworkers. <laughs> no, no, I, there, I, I, Well, there is I, a, a friend of mine did say that uh, she felt that Carl Robinson was my ex, or my ex was Carl Robinson. <laughs> so, so there's one. I can see that. I it's can see just that. this. Like, so you should be trying to identify with somebody who's having these feelings, and still, he is so unlikable. And I'm not saying that the protagonist or the main character of a book has to be likable. I've I've really enjoyed reading books about people who are complete dickwads, and I just did not enjoy this. I did not enjoy being in this person's head at all. And then when the converse is Mercy, and I feel like Mercy was written by somebody who was going so hard and trying to make this person the cool alternative that they just landed on neither of these people are cool, neither of these people are enjoyable. They're both toxic as hell. And maybe, again, that was the intention, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked the Providence parts. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I just... I wanted to be scared. I was not scared. I was bored through most of it. The the jolt that I got was when it was like, oh, Providence Financial District, Wickenden. Uh, I was like, I know these places. So if I didn't live here, I wonder if I would have finished this book. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I. So for the ending, yeah. Uh, Megan's take is that she truly was a vampire, and this was her. Like the, the, what, gaslighting what Mercy, the shit she, out of him. She gaslighted the shit out of him his entire life or their entire friendship or friendship in air quotes. Um, and she did do those things. Ollie, what's your take? Is she a vampire? What's My she take is that she's not. That she at the end she felt sorry for him and she finished his novel the way that she thinks he would have finished the novel. But yeah. I think it's badly written. 
Yeah. So you don't think that she went out and roasted his heart that was starting to reconnect to its body? No, I don't think she did that. Okay. I think she put that in and it's written. So again, I totally get, because when I was first going through it, I was like, fucking bitch is a vampire. <laughs> and, then, and then as I got about half through, I was like, no, 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 this is way too convenient for art. And maybe it's just because I detested art that I was like, actually, do you know what? I don't want it to be that way. This is her just being nice. But I also think Paul Tremblay loves Mercy so much that he would write them as, oh, look at the altruistic nice thing she did at the end. <laughs> or is it she, is it she, I know she's not a manic pixie dream book, but she finished the book the way he wanted it. I love her. But did she put it that way? That she was finished. I mean, like, uh, to be real to everybody listening to this, we all finished this over a week ago now. Yeah. Um, did, because the way that I read it, it wasn't like, did she say she's finishing the book for no, him? No, no, that's, way that's what I'm saying. Is okay. I think we're supposed to take that as her motivation to why she okay. wrote that. So the, the last chapter is written from her point of view <clears> as opposed to his. So there's no annotations. It's just this one story. And I think that what he was trying to get at is. She came along, he's dead now, and then she's like, look, uh, how can I how can I memorialize my friend? Let's just say he was correct. I actually am a vampire. I'm that Mercy Brown. Like, and I think that's what he was going for, but did a bad job of it. What do you think, Stephanie? I just got really angry that that chapter was there because it was like, <laughs> you think you're so clever. Yeah. That's all I kept going back to, but... If I had to like pick one of the two, I I don't think she was a vampire. I think she did this to finish his story. Um, she has the same name as Mercy's sister. So many people have the same names as like other people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I just thought she put it in there to like finish his work. I was just because he was this angsty, whiny, t- ugh, just shithead the entire time. Oh yeah, um, Michael Sarah. <laughs> like it like was... her in, her input about him being addicted to pills and booze and stuff and I was like yeah I could see that you know drowning your sorrows whatever like yeah yeah so I know I felt like she was putting it in there just to finish the book and publish it for him you know I feel like that's worse I just feel like that's so much worse <laughs> yeah that, again it is <laughs> and it was bad yeah. <sighs> alright let's shake off that book and let's switch to a book that we actually enjoyed. That was creepy. Yes. Uh, from page Stephanie's, Stephanie's, Stephanie's recommend. Yes. She said she was doing it. And then I was like, all right, I'm yes. going to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Our Last Echoes, which is kind of a spiritual sequel to uh, The what? Rules for Vanishing. Rules for Vanishing, yeah. I nearly said oh, what lies in the woods, but that book doesn't need a spiritual sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> So, I think we all enjoyed this. Yes. I loved it. I genuinely <laughs> Gave it five it. stars instead of two. <laughs> <laughs> was not angry while I was reading it. And I was like, oh, just like she did with Rules for Vanishing, jumped right into being creepy. Yeah. Which I appreciated. And it, like, And it follows a similar style of plot. It's about going, in this case, going to find the mom as opposed mm-hmm. to trying to find uh-huh. a sister. Uh, yeah. But it's very different. Like... Mm. Uh, I felt intrigued more than scared 
for most of Rules for Banishing and interesting and I was worried for the characters um, so insight into Ollie's life Ollie lives on his own and he lives in a, in a nice moderate sized house and there's nobody around and it's dark and uh, the, the girls who are on the podcast here will be able to tell you I had to switch on my lights here um, <laughs> the first, I was halfway through this book I was reading it one night and I got up and I went downstairs and I checked my doors <laughs> oh, I'm that's... not ashamed to admit it but I, do you know mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things where you're just like I'm just going to check the old doors yep. Be, yep, yep, yep. Make sure all the lights on so and normally fair. I wouldn't be for anybody who wants to rob me half of the time I'm living in Ireland guys my doors are unlocked I don't even think about it and you're just sitting there going I feel pretty safe uh, there's also swords on my walls and stuff probably not safe actually I think about it. but um, yeah uh, I actually got upstairs got up went downstairs and made sure my doors were locked and then closed the bathroom window like, oh. <laughs> nothing was going to happen and you still I went back in the bed I was like oh, I can finish reading this book yeah that's I how secure it can roll in <laughs> it really it legitimately got to me Nice. I love that. I yes. am now just picturing headlines of like man killed with own sword oh, <laughs> in Ireland. <laughs> uh. So while Rules of Vanishing took place in um, the woods, I couldn't remember what part of the country it was in, and I did not go back and re look at it, but this one takes place in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Hmm which I really enjoyed because mm-hmm. we are in spring and it is getting hot occasionally and this was a nice cold area to be in. Why are you laughing at me? Because the book made me scared, but the book made you cold. <laughs> it made me find a happy... I just wanted to curl up under a blanket and finish reading it. <laughs> uh, so we have Sophia, who has gone to Bitter Rock, Alaska to join... Um, the Lark, right? I think that's what it's called. N-A-R-C? Yes. Intern, yeah. Who remembers what it stands for? I mean, I have it right here. Okay, I was like, I remember what it stands for. Landon Avian Research Center. Why did I say aviation in my head? Avian. Well, they're both in the air. letters. Yes, yeah. They're both in the airs. Air. We find out Sophia's mom worked there before she died, though she did die in Montana. Um, and Sophia's not convinced her mom is dead. Mm-hmm. Because has of been Abby. Getting, yeah, weird messages from a girl named Abby. We know from Rules for Vanishing, which I, I mm-hmm. like this connection. I like this whole, yes. the Ashford files. Like I, I really I dig it. I need yes. more. I am curious because I am currently reading um, a book of hers called These Fleeting Shadows Mm -hmm. and similar vibes, dark shadows trying to hurt people Um, but Abby hasn't popped up Mm. because the way that this ends, like Abby's gonna pop up again, right? Somewhere. She's got to. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing some things. Yeah. She hasn't popped up in this one so I don't know if this one's related to that world. Yeah. Or if she just, you know, knows her horror. (laughs) um but essentially we should go ahead and jump to spoilers i think so yeah it's very hard to talk about this one without getting into spoilers yeah because as stephanie said like it gets right into it 
like I, I I think it's like page fifteen or sixteen where you're getting your first spoopy spoopy intro in, in, <laughs> incident. You're like, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. I love the idea of small isolated islands. I feel yeah. like that's the only way we still get the isolation feeling from the horror books of mm-hmm. you know, before cell phones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I really liked the middle of nowhere, Alaska. You yeah. need a boat to go there. Yes. Nobody stays there in the winter, and you should not be caught outside in the fog. Yeah. <laughs> like, right away, the warnings of them. Actually, right away with the boat, the, the guy on the boat who's taking Sophia to the island, it gave me those vibes of, like, in Jurassic Park, The Lost World, where he's like, I'm not staying here. Yes. Get off my yes. boat. I'm, I'll come back. You call me. <laughs> but I will not stay here. It was giving me those vibes. And it's like, oh, something's happening on this island. And yeah. then immediate warnings of be inside before the mist comes. And then a constant theme yeah. of that throughout. Yeah, It wasn't even like, get to your house. It was like, oh, find a building that can shut doors. Good. Go yep. in there for the night. Right. Hunker down. Have this is where fun. you are. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it it, it um, gives me, um, obviously... The, the cold setting and the fog and stuff it gives real thing vibes the um the movie mm. yeah which is such a good movie and then mm-hmm. this like the, the way that all of the gang interact with each other uh the bickering the banter that's how you would expect people to be uh, that feels natural to me mm-hmm. reading this mm-hmm. as opposed to the previous book we just discussed where none of the dialogue felt that the dialogue <laughs> in that felt like somebody who'd watched 10 episodes of Gilmore Girls who was like I can do that uh whereas this this feels like how people would react to each other when, you know, they, you put on the coffee. No, you put on full coffee. Like, it makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a cast. So it's Sophia, Abby, Liam, Liam's mom, mm-hmm. uh, Liam's mom's business partner, mm-hmm. who is creepy from the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's a bird whose name I can't remember. Moriarty. <laughs> Moriarty. Yeah. <Yes. laughs> Um, and then there is two other like college age yeah. Kenny, interns. Kenny and yes. Lila. Yes. That one I'm not actually positive on. Laney. I feel like it's an L. <laughs> Just call them Cannon Father One and Two. It's, oh, it's definitely Kenny though. No. It's definitely <laughs> Kenny. Yes. Um. And then we also have two the two locals, quote unquote, who are from the island. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that this is set in summer Alaska because it, it reminded me of Midsummer a little bit, where it's just that bright horror. Like you mm, could yeah. easily have set this in Alaska in August or in September, right when it's starting to get dark, but it's mm-hmm. dark all day. Yeah, but it is you know the bright time of year. What would be scary in the sunlight? Shadows. Apparently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's Lily. Uh, I found it. I knew it was an L name. Lily. <laughs> Lily, thank you. <laughs> uh, so everybody is quote unquote on this island to either serve Lark or as part of Lark, and they are studying this type of bird that only comes from this island. Uh-huh. And what we find out is those are actually what are becoming duplicates. I can't remember. There was like an actual name for them. The Echoes. The Echoes, Duh. yeah. The that's right. Hence yeah. <laughs> our last Echoes, yeah. 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 Um, these Echoes... 
it's like after a certain point they turn vicious like i don't think they are created to as malice basically what it's her mom and the group that's stuck in this world yeah and they're slowly shifting because like it's like i don't know it's not a bad guy it's like bad entity is trying to cross over into yeah. our world but it's, um, the, it's the little clues that this has been happening for so long yeah i find yeah like, like as soon as she gets there everything feels off mm-hmm. just but not enough to make you go it's weird but enough to make you go eh, what was that like and then she talks about seeing things slightly differently and mm-hmm. just that that idea of something on the corner of your vision where mm-hmm. what was that and she's really good at writing those moments yeah where yes it, it's it's like you're because you're in the character's head and it's pretty much one pov the whole way through um you, we get a little bit from dr ashford framing it like uh, i see ashford files but it's all um sophia's uh thought process or not sophia yes yeah, sophia's the main character isn't she mm-hmm. yeah. Sophia. So yeah it's all sophia and it's all hers and She's questioning whether or not she's seeing those things, and you're like, "Is she seeing those things?" And then, and then the first time she actually has a real manifest of it, you're like, "Holy shit, this is yeah!" Like, <laughs> what did I read or, or uh, that thing I read earlier about that feeling of the the tingliness down your back? That applies to mm-hmm. this, yes. And yes. that applies to yeah. this from the very beginning, from the first time she lands on the island and she's looking over, and the birds are like not doing what they should be doing and like the, why are they congregating why do they the birds seem nervous like mm. why would the birds seem nervous like that's not <laughs> a thing you would expect like that all of those little moments just add up to a big scare yes and that's what i wanted from the other book mm-hmm. oh no i agreed yeah yeah we i mean we even get the town from the 70s i think where they tried to radio in, something's go wrong, they need help, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, everything's fine. And then they went and everybody in town was missing. Yeah. Same with the the little snippet of the grandfather who was in World War Two. He went to bring an officer back to the mainland, they came back, and everyone was gone, but everything was left as if everyone just got up and walked away. Like, dishes, like, in the process of washing dishes, or eating food, or boots, like, you were shining your boots, or whatever. Just very creepy of a just, all of a sudden, everyone just, like, disappeared. Yeah, yeah I'm curious about Abby's family. Yeah! <laughs> what the fuck were they doing on this island? <laughs> And, and like Kate Alice Marshall's other books, this is an epistolary novel, um, which means that it's, it's coming through little snippets and stuff like this. And what I like about it is, and I mentioned this earlier, earlier, it really gives me so many vibes to other horror movies. Like, for example, um, I was saying how it reminds me of The Thing because it's set in a frozen landscape and it's it's everyone's yeah. stuck mm-hmm. together in the same little room and they're getting on each other's nerves as real humans be. But the fact that people are saying to her don't go out into the fog don't go out at night time and if you've ever seen uh, American Werewolf in London like mm-hmm. don't go out on the moors mm-hmm. don't go out don't, exactly. don't go out on the moors at night time and 
to get to the bar and the, the, that's what everybody in the pub is telling them and what's the first thing that the two lads do they go out onto the mirrors at night <laughs> and, and how does that it, go for them it doesn't go well <laughs> and what's the first thing she does like don't hey look first of all the first person she meets is a bit of a dick to her and she's like oh, like obviously I'm not welcome here but she's driven to find out what happened to her mum and as she's there like don't go out at night time first thing she does that's when we get like the shadowy figures that disappear and I'm like oh, this is good. Like, like that's page twenty. Like yeah. you're already seeing shadowy figures and ghosts. Like you're not living. I get. I, I don't want to keep comparing it to the other book, but you're not living <laughs> but it in the head of somebody's mind. It's just so <laughs> much better written, and um, like the other people will tell you that the prose in Tremley's book was fantastic or whatever, or oh, the way he flows inside the character's head. I I don't really care about that. What I care about is that I'm reading this book and I'm like, I would be doing what Sophia's been doing and I'd also be shitting myself. And that's how she reacts. Like, she doesn't <laughs> yeah. see these ghostly figures and goes, I'm going to walk down. She doesn't alley. shit on herself. No, anymore. no, no, sorry. Yeah. Like I, I meant that as in, she would be terrified. It's just now for his forehead. But she, she doesn't see these ghostly figures and go, I better walk down that narrow alleyway between two wooden buildings. Like, she goes, hmm. <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll stay away from this for a bit. Yeah. Um, Ollie, did you see Scream Six? No, but it's coming on to Now TV. Okay. This, okay. So not this week, Friday. So okay. it's Friday okay. next week, and I will be watching it next Friday. I was I watched Nope. This. Oh yeah. Enjoy the uh, alley scene in the beginning. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, they, oh, no. she knew. Yeah, Megan knew where, where my brain was going with that. Why? Yes. Why I brought that up? <laughs> Don't walk down alleys <sighs> ever. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. no. <sighs> uh, no, I I enjoyed this. I enjoyed Liam being a little more of a broken person. Mm-hmm. I I don't feel like he gets the justice he deserves from his mom yeah yeah like like yeah because his so are his mom still together or are they divorced it sounds like they are not together and i don't know where his mom that's not on the island lives i don't remember um but and he i think he often refers to his mother on the island as dr kapoor like her title (laughs) her name yeah um, because she's been, she's very clinical, very detached. We do get to find out why, like with her life experience, why she has become that way. But it's definitely pushed away her son. Yeah. I just that doesn't make it better. That doesn't make it easier no. for him. He, he deserves an apology. And like, uh, yeah, <laughs> she's been helping raise another kid in secret. Which the fact that Sophia comes to the island and nobody's like. They're all like, yeah, we're just going to buy your pretend story about you being a summer intern because that's what you want us to think you are, despite the fact that we know who you are. At least all the adults do. Liam, I don't think knows who she is, but all the adults, at least the the important, like Dr. Kapoor, I think William. Does he know right away? Yeah. And then Mrs. No, no, no. William's the partner, right? He doesn't doesn't know. know. But it's Dr. Kapoor and then, oh, that, the guy... I don't yes. remember his name. The Russian guy. Yes, and then the woman whose house she was staying at. They yes. knew. Which was, like, look, looking back on it in the beginning when they're like, oh, let's tell the ghost story of the girl and the boat, and it's like, 
She's sitting right here. This woman knew. <laughs> they knew. She, she was, was sitting right yeah. here. Yeah. And the only reason William doesn't is because he doesn't know that the other one still exists. How did you guys find So he hasn't seen her as Liam, an adult. The character, though. He is exactly what I would have dated as a 17-year-old kid, yeah. <laughs> he is, like, he is depressed and I can fix him. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I know I said I was <laughs> going to Also, he's stop. got a gorgeous British accent. Yeah. I know I said I was going to um, stop comparing it to the book. I think this is what he wanted art to be. Oh, fuck off, Art. <laughs> and yeah. Paul, apparently. Like, no. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, this idea know. of he's interesting and cool and is coming off like a nice guy, but also at the same time puts himself down quite a bit. And that's coming from, you know, relationship with his mom, who is, as you said, is not necessarily particularly nice to him. And because mm-hmm. she's a brilliant scientist and, and he's, you know, not quite as at that level yet, he's like, ah, oh, but you know, it's like, almost like, a, I'm doing my best, like this kind of thing. But I find it really endearing. And I don't know what, it, and maybe it's because, yes, him and Sophia have, have like, a kind of a will they won't they like kind of mm-hmm. romantic thing going on but he also gets to interact with Abby and those two are just tetchy little bitches to each other and yeah, like that's oh, it's, it's like yeah. that was suddenly fun. you rather than um, in the previous book where it was like oh when I'm talking to my friend uh, I, we get on really well but then when I'm talking to anybody else I'm just a sad sad grumpy person I like Liam in both <laughs> of these scenarios I like him when he's talking to Abby I like Abby when she's talking to Liam I like Sophia, when she's talking to Abby, I like Sophia when she's talking to Liam. Like, mm-hmm. they're all nice people who get on well and make sense as, as, yeah. as people interact with, which means that I didn't ever get bored or annoyed reading them. Yeah. I also like that when Sophia tells him why she's there, he's immediately like, okay. Like, yeah, let's see what we can figure out. Like, he doesn't try to shut her down or you must be crazy or this is so wrong, but he just, he's like, okay, I'm on board. He's scared you know, as things progress, but he's on board. It's a collective horror story. You've got all these people who are aware that something weird's going on, as where in the Paul Bears Club, it's one guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we need another person in between the two of them to figure right. out what's fucking real. But it's never a question in this. And, uh,. I enjoyed the layers of different worlds on top of each other. Mm. Like, also, I like, don't starve. New... Yeah, there's the caves <laughs> and then the ruins under the caves, <laughs> which I typically don't go to. But when I was being reckless in my first run through as Wilson, because I needed to die, I couldn't just sacrifice myself. I had to like go do shit, and I went pretty far underground. <laughs> but continue. That's, a, that's another good thing that that was that I liked about this is that there is no another sacrifice myself. Uh, or I'm going to act tough. I'm going to like I need to I need to impress her, so I'm going to be brave. Did oh, you from Liam? finish the book? Oh, do you from mean from Liam? Liam? Okay. From Liam. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. okay. I was like, did you finish? The book? No, no. <laughs> like... I meant. I meant. I, I was. <laughs> I was talking. No, about no, no, no. Yes, Liam. A lot of sacrifice. Knew, but Liam knew he was a secondary character. Yeah. Yes, this was not his. Story. And he played it strongly. He did well. Yes. Did well well in his role. Yes. Oh. He. And what did you guys I think of we'll the echoes? Have a better mom. I mean, our antagonists, or I, I don't even think we can call them antagonists. They're just fucking terrifying. Yes. 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 I did like so when before we kind of really see all of them and meet all of them when Abby shows up on the island, 
And the first time that her and Sophia are alone, Abby's like, I gotta ask you a question. Why don't you have a reflection? I was legitimately creeped out because that's where that chapter ended. Yes. <laughs> didn't explain yes. it um, until we then went back to it. And that her reflection is not a true mirror image the way we all have a true mirror image. It's like sometimes her hair is messy or sometimes like details are wrong or she's facing the other way and not moving. I was just like no one's like talked to you about this like people just no, avoid talking terrifying. to you about this your whole life i mean i would avoid her as a person <laughs> like, yes. oh yeah that. no if i notice someone's reflection is not normal mm, sorry mm-mm, no mm-mm. yeah no that's one Don't of those have things time to unpack like, that i'm not gonna get it and it, this comes back to um to other horror movies and stuff that gives me vibes like the echoes are very similar to pod people from like invasion of the body snatchers mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah. this yeah. idea yeah. of yeah like, making the copies it's very similar to, um, I would just mentioned that I saw a uh, note, but it's very similar to the us scenario of like the, mm. the unnerved yeah. version of people. And mm-hmm. that's what I really enjoyed about this is I read yeah. through this book going, this is like a slight variation of something I already like. Please give me more of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is implication um, when she sees the echo or whatever, um, of the former intern that everybody's like, he's alive. What are you talking about? Mm. And she's like, no, 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 I saw a dead body. I saw a dead body. And it's, you know, did he kill his echo or did the echo kill him and escape? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it'll be fun. I wouldn't be surprised if book three is again about these, just where are these echoes and where have they gone? Yeah. Or did they all collapse? You know, did they turn into birds at the end? That's throughout what, the world. That's what I was just going to ask you. You you said you were reading the another book by Kate Alice Marshall. Um, yeah. Is is that an Ashford files? It isn't. It's not yeah. epistolary at all. It takes place at uh, Harrowstone Hall. Um, but so basically, it's about a girl who is part of the Harrow family. No, the Vaughn family, and. Something happens as a kid, so her mom takes her away. And she's been living her best life away. Best is carrying a lot of weight there. And the book starts with her grandfather dying, so they're returning to Harrow Stone Hall to for the funeral. And while she's there, she's told she has to live there for a year to inherit the house. The house has been left to her, but she has to live there for a year. Mm-hmm. And there's all these weird shadows, and there's like a witch that lives on the property, and it's a very similar vibe, I feel like, to Our Last Shadows. Um, like, I won't be surprised if Abby just randomly shows up somewhere <laughs> towards yeah. the end. But I will say, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm halfway through it, or I'm, I'm probably a good third of the way through it, at least. And <sighs> so far, outside of just being eerily familiar, it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the epistolary, it's not a file, yeah. you know. That was the same with so. I'm Still Alive. It was, it's, it's clear that it's being written from the beginning, that it, that's being written by this young girl, um, and that something tragic has happened with this cabin, her dad dying, like burning down her dad dying. And so she's, there's kind of like, she'll write about the before and then the after, because she just can't process what's happened yet. So it's, it's yeah. not quite the files. So you did get a little bit of her background of why she ended up coming here, how she got here, like that whole story. Um, eventually she writes about sometimes she'll write about the present day and then writes about what happened the day her dad died and then there's like a break in the book where it's like okay i've wrapped up the notebook and put it away 
And then it's like, this is just the rest of the story of her trying to survive. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That sounds interesting. I'm going to read that next one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nature is terrifying. (laughs) And are there things in the woods? Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I think woods are haunted. They're too creepy not to be. Even if there's not, there's animals. Listen, I am a city girl. (laughs) I do not do animals. Bears are scary enough. I watched a video of a woman telling a bear to get out of her house, and I was like, "You're badass." Like, yeah, this, this bear owns my house now. I guess I don't know. Yeah, nope, that's how I'd be. I'd be like, "All right, well, we're looking for a new apartment." Right. <laughs> uh, I was just—I I, I was thinking about this again. Uh, I like the fact that at various points, it's not heavy-handed that Sophia is having doubts about whether, you know, what she actually is like in mm. the way that. Art was in the previous book, and it just didn't feel realistic with art. And with this one, you're like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense, especially when she starts to begin to know more and more about what's happening on the island. Mm-hmm. That you would start saying to yourself, what is what is the story? Like, like, am right. I one of these doppelgangers? Like, yeah. am I one of the things? And like all of this, like, it just it feels so goddamn satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> when they put a clue together in a way where I'm not looking at it going, well, I figured that out 25 minutes ago. Yeah. If you remember my biggest issue with the first book we read from hers um, was it just felt twisty for the sake of twists. And mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy the fact that it was just like, hey, let's like, oh, it's not this person. Is it this person? It's that person. Maybe it's that person. Oh, it could be this person. Also, there was a pregnancy what happened there? Oh, we're setting like, yeah. None of that worked really for me. Whereas almost everything in this does, and again, I think it just could, could come down to the style of writing. Maybe I just really enjoy the epistolary nature of it. Like, mm. maybe I mean, there are definitely like we you went and checked your doors, closed the bathroom, and like there's I definitely did, like I it's just creepy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I loved. It's when we get the footage from when Sophia's a little girl and her mom and then Dr. Ford, like all of them are doing like things are happening and they're trying to get away. And then all of a sudden there's two little Sophias that like, I was like, wow. I mean, at the time, like I was thinking about it this whole time, but even that reveal was still like, oh no, which one is which? Yeah. Oh, because I started to be, it wasn't a surprise that there was two. Right. It just became a question of which one is she? Yeah. And what happened to the other one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... It's clear, so the doppelganger of her mother died in Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, as to whether or not anybody else is a doppelganger, the answer's got to be no, because at some point outside of Sophia, they all turn eventually. Yeah. They all well, become her mom, murderous. One her version of different. her mom stays. <laughs> right? Yes. Like, one version of her mom stays, because, okay. They send she, like joins the salt. Yeah, yeah. They send one little girl on the boat because William and yes. Doctor Four are supposed to get her safe. Yes. Um, and then you think, oh, so she's gonna like, like walk in the Walking Dead, look at the flowers and kill the other one or something. She doesn't. Instead of going yeah. with the girl on the boat, whichever one that is, she stays with the other one and kind of becomes part of the salt, like part of this <laughs> island, and is ultimately able to help save the girl on the boat when William is like, no, I'm going to drown you because I'm an awful, awful human being. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God, William. Does he die? <laughs> I am... 
yes, I am glad to find out he wasn't studying the island for like capitalist reasons. Like, how do we capitalize on these echoes? Like, he's just genuinely yeah. terrified of them right. and doesn't want to, you know, ever have to question who's real and who's not. They're trying to. What was it that they're trying to figure out the frequency at which the birds talk to each other to find the right frequency to shut this shit down? Yes, so that the echoes stop. Like the evil, this evil thing that's entity that's trying to come through can't come right like the both him and dr kapoor were working towards that right right yes yeah okay yeah like i don't think he's inherently a bad guy but he is the villain of our story because he tries to kill sophia his reasoning behind it i actually like it's understandable you Mm -hmm. don't know which girl you have you Mm -hmm. don't know if you're bringing back a murderous echo to the island but also she's a fucking child yeah but like you can you can totally, I was going to say empathize with him. No, you can't because he's trying to kill a kid. But you can, <laughs> you can understand his motivations because, yes, he's the antagonist because he tries to kill the main character and he's a dick in general, right? But he is actually trying to do good here. He's just doing it in the wrong way. Right. Yeah. What we realize is the wrong way. But I would argue that from his point of view, the entire story happens. And everything he does is justified because he is oh, yeah. left in a, a constant state of, well, I could be being, I, we were talking about being gaslit earlier. He could be being gaslit by any character at any single time. He knows that once uh, a certain amount of time has passed and the, the echoes have uh, assumed the form of the person that they're taking over or whatever, that they just turn evil. So, and they're able to manipulate people. So he's like, well, what can I, like, what, what do I have to do here? It's just that, as I so really realistically, I think there could be another version of this book written from his point of view. Mm. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And we would see him as a hero, like, but because it's not, and he's clearly making bad decisions because of what we know and what he doesn't. We're looking at it and going, ah, he's the bad guy. But that's what I like about this is that does not right. I was gonna say it's simply told, but it's not that it's simply told. It's deep enough for me to empathize or understand what everyone is doing but it's also fast paced enough for me to go fuck yeah this is good like (laughs) I don't have to like I don't have to know what his internal motivations are or how he was beaten as a kid like I don't need any of that I need to know this is why he's doing this but he's doing it wrong maybe somebody should tell him and then when people do tell him you understand why he doesn't believe them because they could be echoes Mm-hmm. How did you feel? Do, do you feel like Echoes are going to be the subject of the next book? Or do you think it's going to be something completely different and then maybe Abby, know. as you said, Abby pops up at the end? I don't know, because the discussion is that the Echoes have gotten out. Like, that's kind yeah. of what's... It, the the territory that's covered has expanded. Mm-hmm. Um, are the echoes that are coming out wrong because of Lark? Because of the work they're doing? Or is it something else that caused that? Yeah. Wasn't it... Wait. No. Wasn't... Uh, it was something about Joy. Sophia's mom. Was, was she was... Right. She was able to stop something. I thought it had something to do with her affecting the echoes. At least the birds. Okay. And that's why yes. they were coming yeah. out wrong. And it was then, okay. therefore, fucking up the entity that 
I forget what it was called. The entity, like the sixth, the sixth horn, six angel, six wing. Sorry. <laughs> six six wings, wing. yes. Um, yeah. Ability to come out. Yeah. I and think. did you guys feel there was a, a link between the uh, Roots for Vanishing portals and the, the things that were happening there and the echoes? Like, what, like this, I didn't, yeah. I, I, like, it's been obviously two months now since I read Roots for Vanishing. I didn't get a sense of an entity in that one. So, and, and I know they're connected, but do you think that later on she well, there was an them entity. around? There was an entity in the mm-hmm. first one. But as in, was it the same entity? Is what I'm... No, 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 no. Yeah. no. It's, I, I don't think it's the same entity. I did have moments where I thought maybe it was the same shared space. Yeah. Just because mm-hmm. I could see the displaced town and rules for vanishing being yeah. the Alaskan town. Yeah. But I don't think we have clues one way or another. Yeah. Which yeah. way that is. So I kind of think that third one is going to like tie them together yeah, or be another, I don't know if she's going to go for a third location and something that's going on that involves another world that's connected to Rules for Vanishing and Our Last Echoes. So Abby's sister was Becca, right? Mm -hmm. Who was... Uh, No, Becca was the sister from Rules for Vanishing. Who was missing, missing the year before? Okay. Yeah, right. Abby's sister's and name is escaping me. It is escaping me too. But yeah. she was on the same. She went with the group for the Lucy Gallo stuff, and came back as Melody. Because she was in, like, she was with them when they went on the road, and it seemed like yeah. like no one really knew who she was. <laughs> she was just there, kind of helping them. And did she turn into a bird? Did I make that up? I don't think so. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've read this <laughs> I know. Uh, but I do feel... I, I They have to be related. Yeah. I, I, I feel like her sister was the one that... The entity jumped to or something? That was book? Becca. Okay, um, it wasn't <laughs> Becca. But there was conversations about Becca in the book. And she's now trapped. Yes, because Abby and, says... That because when she's telling Sophia, I believe you, like why you can trust me, type of thing, she was like, I helped recently helped these teens or whatever. And Sophia asks, like, how did it go? And she's like, Well, four of them died. <laughs> it's like, well, don't worry, that's because we weren't involved. We only met them after, right? Right. Um so she says that they were able to help, but this entity was within this girl and she's like well, were we able to get her out and she's like most of her most of it you know not basically what's left becca can handle to like keep stamped down yeah which was wild yeah um, and so yeah i there has to be a third one to kind of round this out yeah i've been tr- looking like while we've been well, talking that, that's, what I've been, doing, you guys, that's okay. what I've been doing with the last five minutes is <laughs> just trying to figure out if there's going to be a third one because yeah. this came out in 2021 um, well the thing is um these books aren't like marked as related anywhere on goodreads like i i don't know if unless you read them back to back kind of like we did i don't know if you can put together the third but just dr ashford and abby that's the only yeah so like i love a prequel for ashford Mm, i love an abby prequel yeah um but i feel like whatever is going to happen with abby is going to be the third book 
Yeah. Uh, okay, so she's got one coming out this year called The Narrow. Okay. And one called Extra Normal. So no one can uh, know. <coughs> but that's January okay. of next year. Extra Normal is a middle grade book. Okay. The Narrow... A ghost haunting her boarding school uncovers a teen girl's best kept secret in the Queen of Screams delicious, terrifying novel. Wait, what? <laughs> so this is going to become a Mia Man and Sala and a Kate Alice Marshall uh, podcast. Although Mia needs to catch up with Kate because she's only writing one book a year and as I said what are you doing with your time um, <laughs> there's no mention of, I'm reading uh, just a, a, a forward or a, a prediction for the narrow and uh, there's no mention of it being connected as part of the Ashford fans hmm. no but it's another YA creepy river half yeah. drowned someone comes back that's yeah. what I'm thinking is so I'm like I wonder if it actually will be. It's just not mentioned mm-hmm. here in this. Um yeah. and when is this coming out? Uh August first. Yes, I will be uh purchasing this. <laughs> um do you know what I, I read some uh a, a little review of this where somebody said that she writes that these novels in particular are um campfire stories. Just written yeah. longer and bigger and mm-hmm. more detail and i think it's a really good description of them like yeah it, it, yeah. it does sound like something you'd be like and then the shadow started to take on the face of someone she knew like <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that you're getting at but it's just really well done version of that and yeah turns out i like that kind of story daphne now lives in a careful isolation sealed off from the world even a drop of unpurified water could be deadly to her, but no one but Eden has any idea why. A water allergy? I got a feeling this next book is going to be one that you're going to have to both read before you can tell okay. me you can. It's <laughs> 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 a lot of water references. It's about friends. And the friends we made along the way. Mm. Uh, well, we're going to give horror a break for our next book. Wait, oh, uh, what did you guys give this as a rating? I, five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Yeah. I, I'm a little bit harsh on you. I'm going to give it 4.89 stars. <laughs> Very <laughs> specific. Christ. I'm taking off that point one one because there just wasn't enough science talk. <laughs> don't, don't tell me you're going to be in a research station and then not tell me the goddamn statistics. Oh, I'm glad you didn't tell me the statistics. He now gets a five point one five from me. <laughs> but uh, but also being realistic, I I absolutely loved that book. Like I had a no, it giant was great. I... I was telling people at work, "You got to read this book." <laughs> yeah, I started talking with one of my coworkers yesterday on uh, through messaging and mentioned that I uh, something about reading, and so we started talking about books. And she's like, oh, yeah, let me know if you read anything good. And I'm like, you are my corporate lawyer. What do you find good? Because, like, <laughs> me, I read a lot of... <laughs> and and so, like, it was kind of us feeling each other out for a minute before we realized, yeah, no, we're fine. <laughs> like, it's not necessarily the same stuff, but 
neither one is going to give shit about what the other reads. Kind I'm, of I'm assuming that and... you just answered with like Crichton novels, Grisham novels. No, <laughs> no, she was like, have you read Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow? And I was like, no, it's been on my list forever, but I haven't yet. Uh, but she has actually read our next book. Oh. Uh, which was, yeah, we were talking, I was talking about how I just bought his newest one. Mm-hmm. Um, but our next book is Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Clune, um, which is going to involve a reaper, but not be a horror book. <laughs> so we're going in knowing that it's not going to be scary, most yes. likely. But it's, and because I recommended this, <laughs> I should point out, it's not a series because I recommended this. Okay. Uh, I noticed you mentioned uh, at the beginning you were like Sen and Maguire, and I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I read the most recent Sean and Maguire book. Get over yourself. No, I'm just saying, when you said it, I was there going, mm-hmm. She's Speaking of wait. someone who loves science, you should read Middle Game. Like, but, anyways, whatever. What's Middle Game, Megan? It's a Sean and Maguire book that you won't read because there's a sequel. <laughs> because it's not because it's a sequel it's because they're going to be all set in the same goddamn universe and then I'm going to be sucked into no. reading 8 billion books and oh what's this I've got here are my other nom de plumes they're all set in the same universe no they're not middle game <laughs> has one sequel so far seasonal fears mm-hmm. which I haven't read yet I will tell you about the related series that you don't have to read after you read and love middle game <laughs> I haven't read the related series. Are you promising me it's just the two books? Yes, I just double checked. The first one came out in 2019. (laughs) The second one came out last year. Well, I haven't read the second one yet. Like I did on the first Kate Alice Marshall thing, I will promise to read Middle Game in the next month. Okay. I like the funny thing is is that you would love Sean and Maguire, you just refuse to no, give her a try. No, no, no. Just to be spiteful. No, it's not to be spiteful. It's because you told me she literally has a billion books. And I she don't does. have time. She has a bunch of different series. <laughs> Says the guy who's rereading the childhood series that yeah, has a million books. I'm doing one a month and it's nice and relaxing and they're making me cry. <laughs> it's nice and relaxing. <laughs> Oh, uh, nice and relaxing and a good cry in your teeth. I get it. I read The House in the Cerulean Sea, and it's a lovely book. It's a, it's cozy it and sweet, and for somebody who likes fantasy, and it's just like a different kind of fantasy, and it's nice, and it's, I was going to say it's progressive, but I hate using that word to describe anything. It's just a lovely story, and I hope this one <laughs> is just as good, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I haven't I read on uh, the House on the Cerulean Sea too, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Though I do have some issues with it, um, but I'm excited for this one, which is I think about a guy starting to date death. That's fun. So we've all been there. Yeah. Sure, have we? Because I'd love to date death. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. Readers of this also enjoyed Tomorrow and Tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll be reading that soon, too. (laughs) Uh, Stephanie, are you going to read anything else that's not on our prescribed reading list? Yes. I just started Juliet, or might be Juliet, because her name is Juliet Milagros Palante. Juliet takes a breath. It seems to be 
like a coming of age story about a young teenage girl living in the Bronx. She is going to go do this internship in the sum over the summer over in Portland with like feminist author. And the night before she leaves, she comes out to her family and now she's worried her mom's never going to speak to her again. Yeah. So she's like on her way to her internship. She's going to try to figure out, I assume her sexuality. She has a girlfriend, but it's figuring out like her whole sexuality, like feminism and just growing up because i think she's like 16 17 Mm. she's young maybe she's 18 i don't remember (laughs) she's a teenager that's what's up for me how about you i'm going to read the next of my david gammon novels which i think will be winter warriors technically it should be waylander 2 we did that on the podcast uh we did first ever episode that was on it was a brilliant book but that was you know almost six years ago oh my gosh Uh, but and it's really been six years. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. We need to get more real life friends, guys. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I have friends. Uh, but Winter Warriors, um, which is, uh, if I remember correctly, was a fantastic book. So I'm actually legitimately looking forward to it. I think I was about 15 or 16 when that first came out. And again, I haven't read it since then. So I am looking forward to being wowed by it. So I'm. It's gonna be great. Uh, and and what was the name of that one again, Megan? Middle. Middle game. Middle game. So I'm gonna read Middle Game yeah. by Sean and Maguire. Yep. Which I will insist on pronouncing that name. But don't. It's, it's just an Irish name. You do name. you. <laughs> oh. Um. I finally got Incendiary. Incendiary. So I have the first Incendiary. one of that based on Stephanie's rack. And then I just Libro is having a good sale mm-hmm. on audiobooks. Oh boy. Uh do you remember Between Sky and Earth? Or Black Sun? Black Sun, yes, that's the sequel, yes. right? Mm-hmm. I saw Yeah, I just got I saw that the sequel star. came out. And I meant to yeah. tell you and I forgot. And I also have not picked it up myself. No, yeah, I'm gonna have to reread Black Sun. Same. Um I that's why I so, also haven't done the the sequel to Children of Blood and Bone because I need to reread that one. Oh, Maybe same, I should, we same. did a podcast episode about that, right? <laughs> we did. I might just listen to that because <laughs> I've had the sequel sitting on my uh, shelf for a long time. <laughs> uh, you did, yeah, same. I know it's somewhere in this house. Yeah, you did Black Sun near. Yeah, just before the hiatus, Last year? you guys took. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got yeah. the sequel to that. Uh, Sophie Kins- uh, Kinsella put out a new book and i just find her books to be if there's a guilty pleasure it's her books um shopaholic that's the series mm-hmm. you're known for so i saw she put out a new one and i was like yes i will take some british rom-com thank you nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is the last thing and then i swear to god we'll wrap this up but have you guys heard of light lark no no it's this book that this so the author went on TikTok and claimed that no publisher would write it or would publish it. Um, but she was trying to prove that it would gain interest. And it's about like this island called Light Lark that only appears every hundred years for a battle and blah, blah, blah. And while this is being described to me, because there's all this controversy around it, all I could think of was um, Three Dark Crowns or whatever that I read, which was another political, you know, have to fight it out, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I can tell you already that's bad because they're never good. But it's essentially being um, marketed as like another Hunger Games. Yeah. And it's not. It's terrible oh, from what okay. I understand. I haven't read it. I've just seen a lot of the discourse. 
but I watch a lot of YouTube videos during the day of either publishers talking about ways to make your writing better or people playing Stardew Valley. Um, and this popped up. Some guy talked about it for seven and a half hours. Ooh. Hours? I listened to 40. Yeah, I listened to 40 minutes Damn. before I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Sounds uh, like it. So. Uh, Megan, just a really random question. The book yeah. we the book we read this this week, uh, or sorry, our last echoes and um, the KLS Smash stuff. Would you consider these YA just because the characters are younger? Which ones? Or, um, the two we read. The two we read. Yeah. Um, I would see our last echoes being marketed as a YA book. I do not see our Paul Bear, the Paul Barrows Club, being marketed as a YA book. Yeah. It's just um because I I've, I've seen. I've seen Kiran Marshall being described as a YA author, and um, I'm not sure if I would recommend this to any of my students because I just I recommend I, it. I think it's to more of an Lucy. adult eating. Like. That's fair. I um, so my friend Joe, um, if you go back and listen to like the first two episodes of Judging Book Cover, that's where he was on. He's got a, I think she's ten now, and that's who I recommend back and forth YA books with is Lucy and um yeah this is I think I was like you should read these. Mm. Yeah. 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 Cool. She's ten I don't know actually how old she is for all I know she could be closer to thirteen at this point. Kids <laughs> get older. It's weird. <laughs> yep. Time, Tell me all about time it. is crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh your little man does not sound happy so uh, you can hear him. Yeah. Yep. He's yeah. probably getting his diaper changed. He doesn't care for it. He doesn't care for when you change his clothes either, and then put no, new clothes he on was him. Warm, and now he's got cold new clothes on. Yeah, I yeah, get he grumpy when that happens too. Yeah, yeah. He's like, just put me down. Let me crawl. Let me climb. Let me pull myself to standing because I'm already doing that because I have the audacity. Speaking of growing up, yeah, he did that, and I was like, sit down. What are you doing? Because he did like did it to me. I was like, um. <laughs> Because no. like his his cousins walked at nine months. We're walking at nine months. He's gonna be eight months on the second. I think he's trying to be like his cousins. He's in like, a rush. Oh, he's like, oh, take that cousins. Yeah, there's a new baby in oh, town. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, join us next month where we're gonna talk about under the whispering door. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> we talked about a lot of books this episode. We sure yes, did. Under the whispering door. And hopefully we will have a positive reaction to that. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. If not, we'll let you know what our second book is. <laughs> right? We'll have a backup book. Like, let's, let's put a Kate Alice Marshall on deck. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, uh, all right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.